Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Here's a new place. Here are new faces, and yet you are all that I see. Welcome to the second of AudioPie's Never Let Me Go podcasts. We're going to consider structure and form today, and how it's used to create effects. Structure is the order in which the story is told. Never let me go. Structure is basically this: Hailsham, the cottages, the donor program. But it's also framed by Kathy in the present, isn't it? Yes. From the first line, when Kathy says, "My name is Kathy H. I'm 31 years old, and I've been a carer now for over 11 years." Through to the last paragraph of the book, when she says, "I half closed my eyes and imagined this was the spot where everything I'd ever lost since my childhood had washed up." One important thing about Kathy identifying herself at the beginning of the novel is that she is flagging something to us as readers. This is her version of events remembered in the present, where many novels are written using an omniscient narrator, a narrator who literally knows everything about the characters and situation of a novel, and is able to see inside people's heads. Never Let Me Go emphasizes right from the beginning that the story we are hearing is Kathy's memories, Kathy's perceptions, rather than something more objective. As readers, we are bound to the limits of Kathy's knowledge of herself and of others. Can we trust her, though? Structure is clearly important to Kathy. She draws attention to the fact that the narrative and her life is very clearly structured in her mind. For example, at the start of chapter seven, she says, "I want to move on now to our last years at Hailsham. In my memory, my life at Hailsham falls into two distinct chunks: that talk with Tommy beside the pond." I think of it as a kind of marker between the two eras. You might say this adds to the story's poignancy that so short a life is divided into eras by Kathy. It builds Kathy's character. Maybe her time at Hailsham is precious to her, and she painstakingly divides it into eras. As a result, it could be Kathy's attempt to structure her own work of art, the story you are reading. Yes. I think it's very important that Kathy shows us that she is constructing the novel. This links back to the question of genre. We can see that Kathy is making something that looks a bit like a buildings roman, that is, a novel that offers an account of someone's development. Charles Dickens's David Copperfield is a very famous example. We know from her account of the time at the cottages that Kathy is very well read. She reminds us that how well you were coping. At the cottages was somehow reflected by how many books you'd read. So could it be the case that she is self-consciously constructing a novel with a certain shape? Is Kathy trying to show that the lives of donors are as important, as meaningful as anyone who writes a buildings roman? Given how important art is going to turn out to be in the novel, in terms of an attempt to show that donors are in fact not just machines or animals, they are people with complex inner lives, with souls. Being able to turn her life into a novel is something that is pretty significant for Kathy. Come with me through the sand and the snow. Run with me as the rain starts to flow. I'll dream of you. Now let's move on to form. 
form means the features that are common to novels, plays and poems. For example, novels can, like Never Let Me Go, be divided into parts one, two and three. The parts are then divided into chapters. With plays, instead of parts, we have acts, instead of chapters, scenes. In poems, instead of chapters or scenes, there are stanzas. Point of view is an aspect of form too, and the story, as we've said, is told from Cathy's point of view. Structure and form often overlap. The form of the novel is broadly chronological. In other words, although it looks back from the present, events are presented roughly as they happened in time. Ishiguro holds off from giving us the end of the story, which of course Cathy knows in the present as she tells the story, and the effect of this is to produce suspense. It keeps us reading, but it also means that we have to piece details together, just as the children try to do at Hailsham. In the exam, you'll be asked to explore one moment from Never Let Me Go, and in the unseen comparison question, you'll comment on an extract from the text too. So chances are you'll have the chance to discuss the effect of Cathy's narrating the story from a future point looking back. If you do mention this, great. You'll be covering form, point of view, and structure, Cathy's appearances in the present through the course of the book. By using the form and structure of the book to put us in the same position as the characters, Cathy, the narrator, and Ishiguro, the author, are offering us the opportunity to identify with the characters. The form of the novel that moves from school, something a bit like student life in the cottages, and then work, is something with which many of the readers of the novel will identify. But here, getting a job means becoming a donor or carer. It means giving up your life. As we noticed in the last podcast, what is horrific is how ordinary the move into something horrific comes to feel. Stand with us as we all reunite. Dance with us till the sky becomes light. We'll think of you. Now back to structure. It's simple, straightforward. Hailsham, the cottages, the donation programme. And its simplicity is what makes this novel so powerful, isn't it? The structure highlights how ordinary, how everyday the concerns of the donors are. Examples of this would be on page eight. Tommy was wearing the light blue polo shirt he'd got in the sales the previous month, the one he was so proud of. And on page 62, where's your pencil case? It's so luscious. Sometimes it's difficult to separate form and structure. And language will often be in the mix too. For example, Cathy's ordinary colloquial language mirrors the structure which is linear and ordinary. In fact, her straightforward, no-nonsense character explains the structure because she's writing the story. She is structuring it after all. If you went hunting through passages of Never Let Me Go for obvious metaphors, similes, or something like personification, it might be hard to spot very obvious examples. What you have instead is a very subtly observed, ordinary voice, bound to very recognisable concerns about relationships, rather than attempts to capture the world in poetic terms. So the use of broad structures, such as chapters, becomes particularly significant because these are the resources Ishiguro is leaning on to make meaning. Let's look at how Ishiguro uses chapters, an aspect of the novel's form, to create effects. You could look at how Ishiguro begins and ends chapters and the effects generated. For instance, the close of a chapter, and the last line especially, is often dramatic, 
We notice it and turn it over in our minds. Chapter seven ends with Kathy recalling the moment Miss Lucy told them clearly what being a donor actually meant. That must have been a horrible shock for the children at the time, but as the chapter builds to its close, Tommy says none of them stopped to think about how Miss Lucy felt and that by that age they should have done. The concluding line has Kathy admitting it never crossed their minds to say or do anything to support Miss Lucy. Why has Ishiguro ended the chapter on their lack of empathy, highlighting it a number of times in the last lines and not just buried it in the middle? Maybe he's foregrounding that the donors are like any other child that age. We were so selfish back then. Or perhaps he's flagging up that they were conditioned not to question or probe or relate to others. Always look for the alternative interpretations. The way Ishiguro ends chapter three is also significant. Kathy reaches out to the reader in a way that emphasises sameness, asks us to identify with the children at Hailsham. Kathy writes, I'm sure somewhere in your childhood you too had an experience like ours that day, because it doesn't really matter how well your guardians try to prepare you, all the talks, videos, discussions, warnings, none of that can really bring it home, not when you're eight years old. And we might think, yes, you get to hear about things like death when you're a child, but you can't ever really grasp it. Not as something that will happen to you and your loved ones. But then we gradually realise that the point Cathy is making is that we are both like the donors and we are not like them. The chapter ends with Cathy imagining being viewed through the eyes of someone who isn't the same as her, who isn't a donor. It's like walking past a mirror you've walked past every day of your life and suddenly it shows you something else, something troubling and strange. In one way, this could be a description of the whole novel, which as we saw in the last podcast is both ordinary and troubling and strange. But if Cathy is addressing people who aren't donors, if she is appealing to their experiences of learning about death, she might also be hinting that their response to death, to mortality, is to use other humans as donors, to fall into this horrific looking glass world. So Ishiguro leaves us at the end of the chapter with a subtle and complex question. Are we like the donors? Or are we like the recipients of harvested organs? Keep asking questions as you read the novel. Why does Ishiguro choose the structure he does and how is he using the form of the novel to achieve effects? Why does he want us to ponder some things more than others? Why does our first glimpse of Hailsham involve Tommy being bullied? Why does the tender scene between Kathy and Tommy in the Norfolk music shop follow the moment when Ruth writes donors off saying that they are modelled on convicts and trash? Nothing is accidental. Keep picking apart Ishiguro's choices. I love you for all of my life. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. 
We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.